the Sunday Sermons Podcast. These uh, weeks together, this is the third in a series called uh, Listen to the Spirit. And we're exploring how the scriptures teach us to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And he longs to do this. Ever since Genesis 1, verse 1, the very beginning of the Bible, the Spirit has been bringing order out of chaos, light out of darkness. He's been moving in situations where it doesn't look like he's moving, and then suddenly you see what he's been up to, and suddenly he does new things and fresh things. That's what he does. And he wants to continue to do that in us today. The Apostle Paul describes what the Holy Spirit does in our lives using imagery that Jesus loved, which was to, to use that of growing and producing fruit. He said that the fruit of the Spirit grows His fruit in us. And when you see the Spirit moving in a human being, what you're going to see is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And not just the shallow, good, but shallow versions of those things that we can kind of sort of just force ourselves to produce on our own, but the stuff that only the Holy Spirit himself can produce in us. So very quickly, if you missed the ones we've already looked at, I just want to give you a quick review because these do build on each other, but I urge you to go back and listen or watch those. They, they live on the internet these days. They're everywhere and will be till Jesus comes back, I suppose, or the internet crashes or they invent a better internet or something. I don't know, but they're there if you want to hear more. But here's the quick version. The idea of joy in the scripture is not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling. It's rooted in the Spirit's supernatural ability to help us focus on what is truly good, what is fundamentally good, what is real and true, no matter what the circumstances are. It's not dependent on things that make us happy. It is something that no matter the situation, we can notice, we can enjoy, we can celebrate, we can focus on what is good. And there is actual feeling of joy in that. In the same way with peace, it's not just a feeling of calm or tranquility. That's kind of a very common side effect. But it's actually, peace in the scriptures is actually rooted in the concept of wholeness, completeness. We rest because the work is done. We rest because what was lost is now found. We rest and we have a feeling of tranquility because something that was broken is now whole again. There's something far deeper than just a feeling, but there is a feeling. And in the same way, patience, where we're going today, is a Greek word, makrothumia. If you would, I'd like you to try that one with me. Just try and say this together. Makrothumia. Uh, yeah, patience works, that's right. <laughs> it does mean patience, but it means a whole lot more. And specifically where we're going this morning is, is what the Holy Spirit especially wants to create in us. The, when he grows his patience, his macrothumia in us, here, here's what we're going to see. He's going to help us become slow to anger. And not just kind of able to deal with irritations better. That's something we can kind of learn on our own. We're talking about to have the quality of slow to anger that God has. And that's a whole nother level. We'll talk about that in a moment. Same thing with he makes us faithful and able to endure. And he makes us on a supernatural level full of compassion and expectation. 
And as always, when we're dealing with some of these really big concepts, I recommend the Bible Project to you. Uh, their, uh, their website, they've also got their videos on YouTube. Um, I not only use them as part of my study these days, but they just put it together, some of these concepts, in such a great way. They don't have one for the word patience, but their video on slow to anger and their video on compassion are amazing, and it touches and flows through a lot of what we're talking about today. Those of you who are visual learners, I highly recommend you re watching those videos. And for the rest of us who were all visual learners on one side, let's start with the, the concept of patience that most of us are most familiar with. And that is just enduring what other people do without getting mad. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing, okay? Not being somebody who's all about road rage, not being someone who's easily irritated and constantly grumpy. That's a great thing. It's not necessarily a supernatural thing. I think as human beings, we all have more of a capacity for that than we think. But there's so much more. But let's start there. One of the best illustrations I've ever seen of that is this short from Pixar called For the Birds. Do you remember this one? All the little birds are on this line, and then this big goofy bird shows up, and they make no bones about it. They don't like him. They don't want him there. They, they try to scare him away, try to get him to leave. And he just takes it. He's just smiling. He's just happy. He's having a great time. Sits right there in the middle of them. And you can see the wire bending down. Anybody see this one? You see what I'm talking about? Okay, just in case I'm describing it. This is on YouTube, Disney Plus. It's, you can watch this later, but it's so good. But the point is, this guy, his whole superpower is he just doesn't get mad. No matter what they do, he doesn't get mad. But justice prevails because, as you can see, the wire there is dipping. And eventually they knock him upside down and peck at his toes until he lets go. And when he lets go, it just <laughs> zooms them up into the air. And justice prevails in the end because he didn't lose his cool. He was kind. He was patient. And that's a good thing. But God wants way more for us than to not, not get mad. And he also wants a lot more for us than to let other people roll all over us all the time. That's not his will either. Please don't misunderstand anything that I say today about patience. And don't misunderstand what Jesus said about letting someone strike you on the second cheek after they strike you on the first. That's a totally different thing than letting them beat you up every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a totally different thing than staying in an abusive situation for days and weeks and years. That's a whole other subject. What he's talking about is being in control of your reactions, being in control of how you treat people, treating people not based on automatic reactions to what they do to you, but what you think is the right thing to do no matter what. That's a whole other thing. But again, macrothemia. It's so much more than just patience. It can also be translated as endurance, steadfastness, perseverance. Lots of older translations use the phrase, hyphen phrase, long-suffering. It can be translated as slow to take avenge, faithful to the end. No matter what, there's a sense of expectation. There's a sense of we do this in the here and now because we believe in what is to come. We act this way today because we know something else is coming. There's something else that's going to happen. We believe God keeps his promises. So today we act as if he's going to keep his promises. Is this connecting? Is it? 
Okay, this is how this works. So if you would, uh, we're going to make these statements inside of the bulletin as always. There is a sermon outline, and it's much more than that. Uh, there's more scriptures on here than what I even put up on the screen. I hope every time that you take these home and actually use them as a Bible study, give the Holy Spirit another chance to walk you through these truths at home. But if you notice in the red words here, it says the Holy Spirit helps us become, and then these three things. So each time today that we're going to put some words on the thing, I'd like you to say the phrase, the Holy Spirit helps us become, and then read those three things together. Does that make sense? Okay, here we go. The Holy Spirit helps us become slow to anger. This concept throughout the scripture is attributed primarily to God and then to everyone who bears the family resemblance of God the Father. But primarily we see it in God. And true followers of Christ, again, we absorb this. The Holy Spirit produces this in us. You can tell a true follower of Christ because they're going to have a deep, genuine love for others that makes us, as James describes it, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. In the scripture, you hear God himself describing himself in this way. He tells Moses that that concept is one of his names. It defines him. In Psalm 86, 15 is one of several places where God is worshipped for this quality. It says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And that word slow to anger is the same concept of patience that we're talking about today. You see this quality of God thread through everything. Even Romans 1 that we explored several weeks ago, where God is handing people over to their own desires. When we rebel and we rebel and we rebel and we rebel, he says, fine, see how that works out for you for a while. Fine, I'm not going to bless you. I'm not going to protect you. I'm not going to curse you. Just see how that works out. But his hope is so clear. Just a couple verses later, Paul writes this. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, these people that God has written off for a time, and yet do the same things, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? This is fundamental to understanding all the aspects of the kind of patience the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us. There's an idea of expectation involved. It's not just waiting indefinitely. It's not just refusing to get irritated. It's doing this for a time because something else might come or something else will come. Again, James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Actually, would you say that one with me? I just hope and pray this sticks. Imagine what the world would look like if every Christian in the world lived this out. Just this one verse. Imagine how amazing things could be. Let's say it together. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
How do we do this? Well, there's that joy thing we talked about two weeks ago. We see the good in them. We notice it. We appreciate it. We, even when we disagree, even if they're cruel to us, we notice the good and we notice the good in the situation. We have peace or at least the hope of peace with them. And we act in expectation right here, right now. The Bible is actually full of several great stories. Uh, two that I'd like to highlight. One is in 1 Samuel 25. This is a story of a woman named Abigail. And this is in that series, uh, that, that season, I'm sorry, not series, that season where King David is not yet King David, he's just David, and he's kind of living a Robin Hood kind of life. Him and his army, they're running from Saul, and they're kind of helping people out, doing things for the community, and then the community is supporting them and feeding them. And they help this guy named Nabal, and Nabal doesn't do anything for them. He's, he's really not a good guy at all. But his wife is wise and good and patient. Slow to anger in the godly sense. And she comes to David with some gifts that her husband doesn't even know about. And she's kind. And she gives him some good advice. She says, if you come and destroy my husband, that's going to destroy your reputation. People are going to know you as someone who is not slow to anger. And that's not okay. And her wise, patient action inspired more from David and changed the trajectory of both of their lives. The story of Noah is actually a big story about God judging, and yet there's so much patience in there. You should go back and reread it. It's in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. And yes, God is destroying the whole world. It's the biggest judgment he ever rained down at any one time in history. But there was like over a century where he was waiting. They daily heard Noah preaching to them. There was over a century of waiting, hoping more than just Noah's family would come. And in 1 Peter 3, the very passage that we heard read at communion today, there's a beautiful passage in there. I don't want to ruin it for you. You should just read that and see that God even had something else in mind for those people. Back here, I'd like you again to read one more out loud with me this morning. This is Ephesians 4, 2, and then we're going to walk through these other two concepts that have to do with the true biblical sense of patience. Read this out loud with me. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And that word patient is this macro through me is so much bigger than just not irritated. All right, one more time. Again, you're going to do a lot of talking today. I really hope that we can say these truths together. We're going to say the Holy Spirit helps us become something and then read it off. Here, here it is. Make sure it gets on the screen in time. Here we go. The Holy Spirit helps us become faithful and able to endure. God's children can be recognized by a supernatural, relentless ability to stay on course. When the Holy Spirit starts producing his fruit in us, uh, he helps us in ways that, that we can't help ourselves. He helps us hold on when we're too weak to hold on anymore. He helps us take the next wise step, even when we can't see any other step beyond that one. Have you ever experienced this, anybody out there? Praise God. If you haven't, I promise you it is there for you. There's so much more going on here than just the relationship thing. But if there's any one spot in the biblical concept of patience that actually deals with us being better to each other, being nice to each other, being kind to each other, patient with each other, it's this one. 
We've been talking about how our hearts, our souls call out for these things, whether we know it or not. And some of our favorite stories, the most timeless stories, the most popular movies, almost there's almost cliche ideas where you see this over and over. And one of those is where a fundamentally kind person is also very irritating to someone. Have you ever noticed that? Um, Snoopy's kind of that way to Charlie Brown. He doesn't mean to be. I mentioned Bob and what about Bob? He doesn't mean to drive his psychiatrist crazy. It just kind of happens, okay? And uh, ever seen the movie Elf? Okay, same concept. Uh, Dennis the Menace. Ever, ever watch Dennis the Menace? The movie's really great. It's really fun. The old cartoon was fun. But poor old Mr. Wilson... He, he was trying his best to be patient with Dennis, and Dennis was trying to be kind, but it never worked out. But that idea of just somebody trying to mess with you, no matter what their motivations are, but they're wrecking your life anyway. There's something about that. One of my favorite examples, though, is Russell from the movie Up. Ever, ever seen Up from Pixar? This kid is amazing. He first shows up on the guy's doorstep, and all he wants is to just do some sort of a favor and get a merit badge. And by the way, boys and girls of all ages, be careful when you go on people's doorsteps and just announce that you might not want to just walk into their house or go on a long village if they tie balloons to it and fly their house somewhere. I'm just saying that's a little dangerous too, but man, this guy's character. If you watch this story, Russell is just so relentlessly kind, so relentlessly hopeful. He actually ends up risking his life to help this old man named Carl, no matter how grumpy he is. He risks his life to save a bird he finds on the adventure. He absolutely just, he's the epitome of this ability that some people have to be faithful and to endure whatever it takes. You still have hope. You just think things are going to work out somehow. And even if they don't, I'd rather still be kind. It's a wonderful, wonderful quality. And even though I don't believe this is necessarily a Christian movie, it embodies, Russell embodies this kind spirit. Even though he's irritating to poor old Carl, Russell is a good dude. Can you follow me on that? Are we connecting? Okay, here we go. And Paul writes about this concept to the Colossians. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. But notice, he doesn't just want us to have this understanding. There's a reason. All that knowledge and understanding the Spirit gives us, there's purpose in that. He says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And there's even more intention. All of that so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. James again, he says, as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. If you read through the, the prophets and the stories about them in First and Second Samuel, First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles, and the references back to them in the New Testament, those guys had hard lives. They had a very simple message from God. 
Just come back to me. I love you. Just come back to me. Stop worshiping idols. Here's what's going to happen if you come back. Here's what's going to happen if you don't. Please just come back to me. And they refused. Many of them were killed. They were all abused, rejected. But they had this kind of supernatural, listen, supernatural, relentless ability to stay faithful, to stay at it, to endure, not just to put up with it, but to endure it because they knew this is who God had called them to be, what he had called them to do. They had faith in God that was bigger than their circumstances, bigger than what they saw with their eyes at any given time. A slightly more modern example that just has always inspired me is Horatio G. Spafford. Some of you might know this story. I think I shared it a couple years ago. It's worth sharing again. Horatio G. Spafford was a very successful lawyer and real estate uh, guy back in the late 1800s. He had a wife and five children. He was kind of a paragon of, this, of society in Chicago in that era. But in the year of 1871, he lost his young son to an illness, and he lost pretty much everything that he owned in the Great Fire of 1871. You might know that from history. But he and his family started over again. They started rebuilding. He still had four daughters. He rebuilt his businesses, rebuilt his law firm. They kept on going. And in 1873, they were going to go to Europe, but some stuff went wrong, so he sent his wife and his daughters ahead. And as they were traveling on the boat, whatever it was, the big ship back then, they're different than the ones we have now, a whole bunch of things went wrong, and all four of his daughters died at sea. He gets a telegram from his wife in Europe, I've been saved alone, what do I do now? So he immediately gets on a boat, heads to Europe, trying to save them. And on the way there, the captain calls him aside and says, Mr. Spafford, the people, this is where it happened. The people that died on the ship with your family and your daughters, this is where this happened. So he goes out on the deck and he cries and he prays and he spends some time with God and he goes back below deck and he writes these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Would you sing that with me? Sing that chorus together. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well my soul. And again, he's feeling, this is the spiritual, supernatural ability to have joy and peace in a situation where there should be no joy or peace. But it's also this sense of anticipation, this endurance, this faithfulness, no matter what, looking ahead. If you know these words, sing along with me. The last verse is no accident. He didn't just randomly, oh, let's write one more verse about something else. This is where he finds his hope. And Lord, haste the day when the face shall be sighed. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. 
The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well. with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. And thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit helps us become. Let's say this together. The Holy Spirit helps us become full of compassion and expectation. Those who bear the fruit of the Spirit are moved by others' pain. They're not absorbed with their own pain or their own joy or their own peace. They're not absorbed with themselves at all. They're uh, committed to God. They're committed to others. They're constantly looking outward and forward. And there's something, there's so much power in that. They're not just moved emotionally by others' pain. They're literally moved by the Holy Spirit to take action on others' behalf. In expectation of Christ's return. They relentlessly build his kingdom today. Paul writes to Timothy, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Every time God forgives one of us, every time God saves one new person, it's an example of he's that kind of God. And that's the kind of people he wants to remake his people to be. In 2 Timothy, Paul writes, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct and rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. One of Jesus' most enduring stories is the Good Samaritan. Partly because Jesus is such a great storyteller. Partly because the Holy Spirit himself inspired everything that's in the scripture, including that story being recording. And partly because our hearts just cry out for this kind of thing. Notice the Good Samaritan is the least likely person in that story to help the guy who needed help. He's only the hero because he was moved to help him. And not just moved emotionally, physically moved to make a difference. And he acted in expectation, not that he'd be repaid back, not that he and that guy would one day be friends, just knowing this is the right thing to do. And whatever that guy does on the other side of it, he will be rewarded by God himself. That is the compassion and the expectation that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live in. Hebrews 6, verses 10 to 12 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that 
what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. They're not just not being irritated. They're slow to anger. They have an endurance and a faithfulness that nobody else can do on their own. They are full of compassion and expectation. And that is why they stay at it. And that is how they stay at it. And that is what God wants for you this morning. Each one of you and for me. He wants to help you be slow to anger in the sense that God our Father is. Not just not easily irritated. That's scratching the surface. That's the tip of the iceberg. Of course not easily irritated. But he wants you to have that quality deep down that you, like God, are slow to anger. He wants to help you be faithful and able to endure, to be able to stay at what's most important no matter what, an expectation of what's to come, an expectation that God is going to keep his promises. He wants to help you and me and all of us together become full of compassion and expectation. He wants us to be defined by that. That when anybody looks at any of us, they see that family resemblance and they know that we belong to God. This is why we emphasize all the things we do. It's one of the reasons why we're emphasizing these growth groups so much. We've got Sunday schools that function as growth groups this morning. We'd love to have you join us. We'd love to help you do this. Every single thing that we're doing here is trying to help you live these things out. And we need each other to live these things out. Don't miss that. But whatever you need to do this morning to become more slow to anger, faithful, able to endure, full of compassion and expectation. Again, what that really means is you need to surrender to God. You need to let the Holy Spirit lead you. You need to do whatever he tells you to do as we stand and as we sing together.